What is the premise of purpose? Why are we here? And how do some people make so much impact in their lifetime, while others exist on autopilot? This is where we explore all things revolutionary in business, mindset, and your everyday life. Welcome to the premise of purpose, the place where we share with you insights from successful people all around the world who found their purpose and are living it every day. They've gone from ordinary to extraordinary, and we get to find out how. I'm Anna Graybow, president and founder of New Coach Empire, and your host. Today, we have Alexander Andrews, a man whose leadership career spanned more than 30 years. He is now the author of Unlike a Boss, Positive People Leadership Skills You Wish Your Manager Had. In his book, he openly shares his personal experiences of leadership horror stories and how he overcame them to create engaging and happy work environments with 15 positive people leadership tips. He is a passionate keynote speaker and mentor with a focus on one clear objective, ridding the world of toxic management and creating workplaces where everyone can thrive. So welcome, Alexander. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much for having me, Anna. Absolutely. Would you please tell us what your purpose is? My purpose, I think you pretty much hit it on the on the head, um, <laughs> Anna. It's it's basically around ridding the world of toxic management and and the the culture that tends to uh, be enshrouded by that type of management in the workplace. Um, so for me, it's around flipping the narrative and creating really highly engaged, positive work culture where people can thrive um, and yeah that's basically that's it in a nutshell amazing and i'm sure this came from a story right we don't just wake up and want to change work environments so what was your story and how did you get to this place exactly a very good point yes i didn't i didn't bang my head one day and wake up and think <laughs> this is it um basically when i was a kid so in my and unfortunately this is probably all too common a story um, mm -hmm. as, a, as a teenager, I was bullied at school. So my last two years of school were quite horrific um, mm -hmm. in terms of physical violence, um, ridicule, uh, and so on. So basically, I, it was it was a sort of a position where every day I would come to school and fear what sort of beating I was going to get that day. Mm -hmm. and, and as a result of that, it, it, it basically just obviously created fear in me in, in terms of going to school, which was not ideal given the fact that it was my last two years of school. Yeah. But also there were times when at, at school, as you know, uh, back in, in the days when you were at school, you had to do class presentations right. and and so on. And basically on those days, the beating I would cop would be a whole lot worse because how dare that and, I, and I, I don't use this term, it's what was said, um, how dare this fat kid talk to us? Oh. Uh, because back in the day, I was weight challenged. Um, and so uh, that used to be my life, basically. So I used to be physically sick before I'd do a presentation. Um, I, my nerves would take over. It was just a horrible, horrible two years. Anyhow, um, fast forward to towards the end of that period, and I was just one day copying a beating, as I usually did, and I suddenly had this, and it sounds quite surreal, but mm -hmm. I had this almost like an out-of-body experience. Um, yeah. And basically it was me having this epiphany around the fact that I wanted not to fight back because I didn't want to do it, resolve anything with violence. Right. But I wanted to be able to make, 
I made a promise to myself that when I was in a position to do something to eradicate bullying, yes, in at school, for example, I would do that. Um, mm-hmm. And in my career, I wanted to do something positive to stop this type of thing happening from other people. So that was it at age 16. Uh, I finished school a couple of years early because um, I'd been caught up a couple of years of school. So anyway, a few <laughs> years later, um, I hit my stride in, in the workplace and in financial services. And I was mortified to see that bullying didn't just exist in schools. It happened right. in workplaces as well. And yeah. so it only reinforced that resolve I had um, all those, those few years earlier around wanting to make a difference in workplaces and mm. basically eradicate bullying there. Now, thankfully, uh, and unfortunately, it probably does exist in, in some workplaces, thankfully, the bullying I saw in workplaces and experienced mm-hmm. wasn't physical. It was it was the emotional abuse and, and the verbal abuse and, and the mocking and ridicule type mm. of, of, of behaviours that were going on. So that's why it just sort of crystallised my mission. And so here yeah. I am today. Amazing. And for those listening who maybe are experiencing some form of this abuse in a workplace environment, could you maybe give an example of some of this emotional abuse that you endured? Yeah, so I was I was basically told that I was uh, a brown nose. And again, I need to be f- conscious that some of these terms may not be familiar in, in the US, uh, <laughs> but basically brown nose was that I was promoted because I was, I was fortunate in that I was, I was promoted at a relatively young age. So by the time I was 21, I was already managing my first apartment. And mm-hmm. so the the ridicule extended to me being a brown nose. And mm-hmm. one of the things that's quite common, unfortunately, in Australia um, is this thing called tall poppy syndrome. Not sure if it exists in the US, but people mm-hmm. who progress at a fast rate or people who are, I guess, um, standing out above the norm in terms of their performance uh, instead of being celebrated, there's a subsection of the community that likes to bring them down. Wow. Um, and it's, it, it is it is common, I think, in, in other places around the world. You might call it something yeah. different um, that the media like to do it. So the media, for example, do this type of thing all the time, front right. page of tabloid press, mocking someone, zeroing in on some little flaw in their behaviour or their, their, um, their physical appearance and so on. And right. that would then be... Affect that, that's effectively bullying as well. But in terms of the workplace, it was those types of things. It was basically saying, questioning who I'd slept with to get the role, oh. um, mocking my performance, and basically saying uh, that I'm, I'm useless at my job. So why would I? Why would I get it? Um, I'm uneducated. I'm um, again. I went to the other extreme. So I was basically had I'd lost a lot of weight. So I was then uh, quite skinny. And mm-hmm. so I'd, got, I'd get mocked for that as well. Oh, goodness. Um, so a whole range of things like that, basically physical appearance, my workability, um, and just my interpersonal skills were all open season to be mocked, basically. Uh, and that's what used to happen. Wow. It's so you know interesting to think about because here you were seemingly doing everything right, you know, getting promoted, getting healthy, all of these different things. And no matter what you did, it seems like people were just mean to you no matter what. Exactly. And and, and basically it got to the point where um, 
there's another there's another real significant part of bullying which tends to occur in workplaces which is I guess less spoken about and mm -hmm. this is what happened to me quite a fair bit which was um, exclusion so mm -hmm. having events at work and and those sorts of things and not inviting me along because uh, I was a suck up to the management basically mm. all those types of right. things would go on and 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 that unfortunately that's probably one of the most common types of bullying that I've eradicated uh, in my time is that exclusion um which which tends to exist on a number of levels uh, but, it, but it's quite prevalent in workplaces wow i'm so glad that you've been able to focus on this and i know that you've had many years in management since then so tell us a little bit about what you did to start changing the workplace environment thank you so again I, after that promotion to that role i was then promoted to another role uh, within nine months which would have added fuel to the fire of those who didn't like me getting promoted uh, but anyway that was their problem not mine um, so anyway i then moved interstate and uh, into a, a middle management role. Uh, to my horror, I was then ridiculed and put back in my place by a senior manager who told yeah. me that I was never going to amount to anything because I didn't have a university degree. Um, mm. So I set about proving him wrong. And over the ensuing years, I was, I was promoted into more senior roles. I would eventually become that manager's manager once removed. Um, and he then moved on to pastures new. Um, not not from my doing, but by someone else. Um, but the thing that I wanted to do through that journey was create these positive workplace cultures. Mm -hmm. And basically that meant uh, having inclusive, diverse teams, promoting people on, on their ability, empowering them, getting rid of workplace bullying everywhere I went um, and stopping micromanagement, all those types of things which I cover in my book. But mm -hmm. the reality is the most important thing that I did yes. and as my I guess my uh, sphere of influence grew uh -huh. is to have zero tolerance for bullying so right. I set the tone right from the very beginning whether I was managing 10 people initially right through to when I was managing a division of 1250 people was around setting the tone that I had zero tolerance for bullying and what I wanted to do there was set by clear expectation that no matter who it is, no matter who's doing the bullying, no matter who's on the receiving end, that my door was always open to hear about what they're going through so I could personally investigate it and take an active interest to eradicate it. Um, I really, really love that. And, you know, I was also um, someone who experienced bullying growing up. So I understand what it's like to feel like you're just, you know, trying to do your best and yet people don't uh, receive you the way that you really would hope to be received. And I'm so happy that you dedicated so much time to really helping people feel safe in this environment. Something that I think is really interesting and very cool is that, you know, even though people were very um, mean to you, sometimes even physically violent with you when you were younger, you never felt the desire to be anything but kind to others, right? I think this is very fascinating. This is something I'm very interested in uh, with the people that I speak to. So I'm curious, what was it inside of you that really made you want to have a very peaceful approach to this problem? Well, Anna, I'm I'm someone who is, is I guess for, for my in my life, I've always been perplexed by the people who do the opposite. So for me, it's normal. For me, it's right. it's it's how I 
choose to live my life, which is mm -hmm. through kindness to others. And that doesn't mean being soppy and some people call it tree hugging. Um, it's not about that. It's just being a decent human. And so I, I just don't understand those who have suffered at the hands of bullying. And this is not me passing judgment because everyone has their own journey and and, and their own life experiences. Right. But I just don't understand people who have been on the receiving end of such pain and anguish wanting to inflict that same pain and anguish onto somebody else. Yes. I, I, think it's, I think it's beholden on to each of us to stop it, to stop that trail of destruction, basically. Yes. And so um, that's what I've set out to do. And, and, and my mission has been over the last 30 years plus is to, is to actually do that and make a positive difference to people's lives and have that door open policy where people can just come to me with their concerns and I can help them be resolved. I love that. And do you feel that you've changed as a person as you've gone along or do you feel like maybe people around you have changed by experiencing this kind of a workplace? I think I think there's been a combination of both. I have grown uh, considerably as a person, as a human and as a leader <laughs> over the last 30 years. Um, we are each the fabric of the precedents that build up our lives. And basically that means that we are always experiencing different things. We're experiencing obstacles that we have to overcome. And when we overcome those obstacles, we learn from them. And so there's that saying is well oiled around learning from your mistakes. Yeah, I've, I've made mistakes. Um, right. <laughs> and my leadership style, though, is yes, the fabric of those, but also learning from the mistakes of others. And so I've seen over those years a number of people make some significant blunders as leaders. They weren't really leaders, they were bosses. And so they would treat their people appallingly and wonder why they weren't doing a good job. And so I've always looked upon those people as uh, rich learning experiences for me because <laughs> I was able to flip that narrative as well and, and create these positive workplaces. So uh, the, what I guess what I try to do each and every day is and, and this is more of a this is a submission within my greater mission, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, is, and this is, I guess, it's, it's a purpose, which is basically, I love to set out each day to make a positive difference in someone's life, uh, and that can be as simple as putting a smile on someone's face with a lame joke, um, or helping them in some way. That to me gives me satisfaction, and that's how I, I guess that's how I've grown from being this overweight introvert as a 16-year-old to who I am today. Wow. I really, really love just your mission and the way that you embody it fully because I agree with you that I don't understand how someone could do the opposite. But, you know, that being said, there are many people who are always just sort of thinking about themselves, right? Maybe that's why they're bullies because they're trying to push themselves ahead without thinking about others. Now, I'm really curious what you see for the future, right? If you think that more and more workplaces start to adopt some of these methods, maybe you could tell us a little bit about a couple of these things that people could start to implement for themselves. Well, I think the first one is, I mean, and, and I'd like to weave in, if you don't mind, a quick statistic which I um, which I heard, which led me to contribute part of my royalties to mental health charities, and that is, and it's an alarming one, there are According to a study by the University of South Australia, which was published in June 2021, those who work in toxic workplaces are 300% more likely to develop depression. 
And if, mm-hmm. you, if you consider the fact that globally some 300 million people plus suffer from depression already, that's a lot of people being added to that toll each and every day um, who are subjected to these toxic workplaces. So Definitely. I think realistically, I think there's there's a couple of things that have to happen. One is people do need to stand up and be counselled, and I don't mean rallying in the streets. I mean talking openly about this in their workplaces, saying enough is enough and trying and those who are in management positions in workplaces making a stand and being vocal about it that's what i did i didn't do it in a destructive way (laughs) i did it in a positive way so and what that means is rather than complaining which realistically we should but if someone doesn't quite get people they're not really going to be worrying about about me people complaining um it's more around demonstrating through your actions what you can do differently and therefore making a compelling argument to change so whilst i'm quite idealistic at times uh, and that means that i would love the idea that people would want to make change for the sake of doing it because of the harm that's being caused regrettably in business some people only only will believe it when you see numbers in front of you in terms of financials. So basically right. what I what I set out to do in my workplaces when I was growing up through my formative years and in later life in, as a leader was to demonstrate what a difference can be made to the financials by creating positive workplaces. So I was able to do that. So that's what I would urge people to do, to actually understand the differences that can be made in workplaces by having them thriving as opposed to having this toxic workplace. And that means doing all the right things around the leadership side, calling out poor behaviours, setting the tone, and importantly, having that zero tolerance policy. The only way you can stamp out bullying in workplaces, frankly, is to have zero tolerance for it. And so basically, have a set of values. One of those values is your people and being... Um, having teamwork, having kindness to each other and calling out those people who work in conflict with that and have that zero tolerance. I love that. By doing that. Sorry. yeah. Go ahead. Yes, sorry. Yeah, by doing that, it basically, you're setting the tone right from the start. You are then going to um, let people know that it is safe to speak up because you're not going to tolerate this person who may have always been the best salesperson, may have always been the best technician in whatever they do. Um, and I oh, don't worry about that person. That's just Mikey. That's just how he behaves. That's how it, how it usually manifests. The reality is we're having zero tolerance for that, regardless of how high a performer is in your business. You're, again, you're then setting the rest of your team up for success who may even surpass Mikey's performance. So there's a whole bunch of things you can do on that level. Um, but realistically, this is, is two very, very clear things. One is have a set of values for your business that you will adhere to, that you'll walk and you will talk um, as a leader. And secondly, support that by having zero tolerance for bullying. I love that. And is there something that maybe you adopted as a leader, maybe some sort of maybe a team bonding exercise or just something that you liked to implement so that people did feel free and like it was a safe environment? Let's say someone was experiencing something negative. How would you handle that? 
So I, again, it's about setting the tone. So I have always been one who is very open with my communication. So you can't be a one-hit wonder on these things. It was, you can't come out and say to people um, suddenly, like next Monday, suddenly, Anna, I'm going to make a decree in my business that I will have zero tolerance for bullying and then not do anything else with it apart from that communication. You have to, to back it up consistently. So I have always set a clear communication plan, and that means standing up in front of everyone, talking about what my expectations are, what is acceptable, what's not acceptable, and laying that foundation right from the very start. And part of that is, um, and, and, and one of the reasons why I did this as well um, in my senior management years was around setting the scene where I don't care who you report to in, in this business, and often there'd be like six or seven layers of managers between the team members and myself, and I'd still come out and say, it doesn't matter who you report to, at any time you can come and speak to me personally around wow. any issues you've got around bullying. I do not want any bullying in this workplace. And then that, that obviously creates an environment where the leaders aren't going to try and, and bully uh, because they, A, they know I'll find it unacceptable and B, everyone has got free reign to come to me at any time because I take this stuff seriously. And so right. I would talk about it like that in, a, in an opening environment, opening communication session, and then repeat it. So repetition aids learning. So every month I would do another communication session and I would reinforce my expectations in that regard. And I would take the time to celebrate positive behaviors. So rather than talk about the negative stuff, I would say what I want, I will find unacceptable, but then I would celebrate those in the business who are living the values. And I would give people awards for being a great team player or great customer yeah. service or a good corporate citizen, all those types of things to celebrate what good looks like. So people are drawn yes. to that compelling story. That's really great. I love that you did that. Was there something that maybe some important moment that you felt that maybe someone came to you and you were able to be there for them or just some sort of celebratory moment, just something very memorable from your career that you might want to highlight? I think for me, my my most memorable moments, I think it'd be hard to narrow it down to one. One of the things that I have been a staunch advocate of is diversity and inclusion. And one of the things that I have always struggled with personally is seeing the alpha males in corporate Australia um, and, in, and when I worked in the UK as well, who dominate and the women who are wanting to get ahead are sort of banging their head against a brick wall, if you like. And so they would be bullied because they couldn't beat themselves because they were trying to keep up with these alpha males. And when they tried to be a bit more assertive, they were mocked for that as well. And they were, I guess, they were put back in their, you know, according to these alpha males, back in their place. Right. Um, so for me, one of my proudest accomplishments is creating true diversity and inclusion for women um, in the workplace and seeing a number of them progress on to become senior managers in their own right by creating this environment where they're able to be them. Where again, stamping out that sort of alpha male dominance rubbish and creating this environment where they're able to thrive. And so when I look back on my, I guess, my career, 
one of my proudest accomplishments was taking over a business as managing director uh, when there was literally something like 15 to 20% representation on the executive team um, of women. And three years later, um, I left that business and that was around 60% instead were women on the wow. on the executive team. And so because I made a conscious decision to do that, um, because at the end of the day, I don't think people, people don't generally look at it through this lens, but where people have excluded from roles because they're women or because of their race or religion or whatever else it might be, um, yes, that is discrimination. And ultimately, when all is said and done, discrimination is a form of bullying. So again, it just it just came up on my on my uh, strong desire list to help eradicate that as well. So, in terms of my proudest moments, it's those those types of things. I've been fortunate that I have led businesses to some really substantial financial success. But mm-hmm. those those things aren't memorable to me. It's the people things where I've been able to completely eradicate bullying. I've been able to bring that balance, diversity and inclusion to leadership teams and see people go up, become, become senior successful leaders in their own right. I feel like everyone that you got to work with, they were so lucky to have you as a boss. And I think that you are one of the role models for the future of the workplace. I feel like this is the direction that everyone wants to go. And so the more that we talk about it, like you were saying, the more it can become commonplace. And I want to ask you a little bit about what your vision for the future is, perhaps with this book that you're releasing Mm -hmm perhaps with your own work, but what would you really like to see in the world? Thank you. That's, that's a really good question. And I think uh, for me, I would like to see that toxic management and toxic workplaces are, whilst I'd love to see them completely eradicated, I'd love to see them being the exception. If, if we can't eradicate them in the next little while, let's make them the exception so that those workplaces where people can thrive are the norm. So when I talk, I, I post you know, a couple of times each day on LinkedIn um, and, of course, got the book. And when I talk about these things, I'm actually quite shocked that it's the, the, the poor workplaces are more common than the good workplaces, or well, certainly the ones I hear about anyway. So wow. what I want to do, my, I guess my vision is that we do have commonplace environments where people can thrive, where people can literally... And people may laugh at this comment, but it's it's true. Uh, people can actually jump out of bed and enjoy going to work. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's too far of a stretch because at the end of the day, creating those types of work environments doesn't really doesn't cost anything. That's the thing that I find hard to understand why people just don't do this. Because yes. the reality is I've been able to do it. I'll be able to create these positive work environments and it doesn't cost a cent to do. It's just basically kindness. It's not about big financial accolades and rewards and those types of things. It's about people treating people well. And so mm-hmm. I, I, my vision is that those workplaces are the norm, and it's what I set out to do with my book. And one of the things that – there's a couple of things that have happened since launching a book around six months ago um, and uh, uh, they're, they're really gratifying and, and humbling. Um, a few of them are, uh, I've had three separate 
self-proclaimed toxic managers who have read the book and they have seen themselves in the book, um, even <laughs> though words in it, um, they've seen their behaviours in the book and they have undertaken and pledged to me, I don't know why they felt that necessary, but they did, um, they pledged to me that they've got to set about making a change and wow. embracing the the tools and the tips that I've given in the book, the book to make those positive changes because they recognise the need to. Um, I've also had people who are not in management roles or leadership roles read the book and see that they are being treated badly um, and wanting to make a change. I've seen people who are aspiring to be leaders read it and say, yes, that's what I want to become. Um, and also um, I've had now a couple of universities, Wilmington University um, in the US and just a couple of weeks ago, uh, New York University, Leslie Niddick, a lecturer there on conflict management who has undertaken and, and recommending my book to her university course um, and to their wow. to the students there. So that's great because it means it's the groundswell of people reading it um, and making positive change as a result. That's what I want. I want people to pick it up. Um, I want people who are aspiring to be leaders to read it. I want people who aren't leaders to read it and see what it should look like to work, to go to work. Um, and I want those who are currently the bad bosses to read it and make a change. So yes. doing that, making that positive change um, and something which I like to do at the, at the back end as well is I'm donating 20% of my royalties to charities that support mental health. So going back to that statistic around the 300% increase in mm -hmm. the propensity of, of suffering from depression if you work in a toxic workplace, that prompted me to want to give 20% of my royalties to charities supporting mental health. So mm -hmm. I want to tackle it from both ends, basically. Wow. Honestly, Alexander, I think everything you're doing is incredible. And this is a perfect segue into if someone wants to read your book and they want to buy it, what's the best place for them to find it? Well, it's available from most online bookstores, uh, all the major ones, uh, including Amazon. Um, so Amazon is generally people's first port of call because particularly if you're a member of Amazon Prime, you get free delivery. Um, but they can also go to my website, which is www.unlikeaboss.com. And on that website, they'll see links to all the major stores, including Barnes & Noble, Walmart, Amazon, um, and a bunch of reviews as well. Um, and if they, if they have any questions they'd like to ask me as well, they can, in, on that website, there's a, a form where people can send me any questions they may have or just to say hi. So um, I'd, lo I'd love to hear from those who read the book. Um, I've, I've had quite a few sessions with a number of them um, and it, 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 I find it actually gratifying as well to help out on that next level. I love that so much. And is there anything else that you really want to share with everyone today? Now, I think my, I guess my main um, message here is don't suffer from toxic management. Um, and basically, if you are on the receiving end of it, speak up. If it's if you aren't comfortable speaking to your manager about it, if they're the ones who's who is the perpetrator of it, then please go around them and go to the, the manager once removed. Or if it's really really bad, don't be afraid to go to your board. Go to the, go to the board of your business. And yeah. obviously, that becomes more problematic with when you're working for a sole trader type of type of situation. 
but a lot of people don't. A lot of people are working in large corporates, and a lot of the, the big corporates, unfortunately, and this is very sad, but a lot of the big corporates are where bullying shouldn't be happening because they should have, have strong policies against it, but yeah. it is. So don't be afraid if you're not getting satisfaction from your line management to go around them and write to the board um, because the reality is they have a responsibility to each and every employee on their watch as board members to make sure they're not being psychologically damaged by bullying. So right. I urge people to do that. Um, I'm always available to you. You can find me on LinkedIn. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm happy to help them as well with some, some personalized advice. Thank you so much. And this is such a powerful message for everyone to speak up if they're experiencing something and to continue to be the example of what a positive environment looks like. Alexander, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Anna. And, and again, I guess one one my final, final message, yeah. I should say, as well as, as well as being the people who are on the receiving end of things, speaking up, I would actually urge everyone who may currently be walking past these issues as well to speak up because yeah. we we the behavior that we accept um will only continue so make sure who whether you're on the receiving end or whether you're just walking past something which is happening just speak up and yes. thank you again Anna, for having me on the show thank you so much alexander i love your message i truly believe in it and i know that it's going to help many so it was so much fun thank you if you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you would leave me a review and subscribe to this show. And as a thank you, I would love to hop on the phone with you personally and give you any guidance that I can. So just go ahead and send a screenshot of your review to info at the premise of purpose .com.